gentlemen, it's the Unproduced Table Read here on the Popcorn Talk Network, and today we're reading a vampire script. Now, I know you're thinking I've seen every vampire iteration possible, but before you go, I promise you've never seen a script like this, so don't move a muscle. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unproduced Table Read here on the Popcorn Talk Network. For returning listeners, as you know, it's Jeff Graham here on the panel. If you guys <laughs> want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. For new listeners, this is a show where we read Hollywood's hottest unproduced pilots and features. Um, for fans of True Blood, you might recognize music playing right now, right? Um, and that's because we're reading a vampire script today, as I mentioned. Fortunately, it's a really, really fresh take on the vampire genre, which I didn't think was possible. And that's part of the reason I was so excited when I read this script. We're reading kind of like a quirky, feel-good rom-com version of vampires. So I'm so excited to read it. Um, But before we do, I'd love for my cast to introduce themselves. And then I'll um, introduce our writer after that. So, Mike, take it away. I'm Mike Kalinowski. Today I'm reading Todd. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Hey guys, I'm Roxy Stryer. You can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer, and I'll be reading Claudia and Kathy. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am Timothy Michael. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. And today I am reading Milt. Willie. Hey, everybody. I'm William Pinkham. I'm reading Harris, Sam, and Carter today. William is new, so thank you for being here today, Willie. We're excited to have you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey! <laughs> Good morning. I am Carla Renata, and I am reading LaDawn and Jane. Hey, I'm Haley O'Connor, and I am reading Voice Strangers, Stephanie and Shelley. Awesome. Carla's also new to the panel, so we're so excited to have you today. Thank you for being Welcome, here. Guys. Thank yeah. you for Welcome. having me. Um, so the script we're reading today is by a wonderful writer named Guy Oliveri, and his script is called Suckers. And as I mentioned, it's a fresh take on all of the vampire stuff. If anything, I think it's a little satirical, which is welcome, just because we're so inundated with vampire stuff that I loved reading a script that actually surprised me with vampire stuff. So, Guy is based in New York. I think he's watching right now, so, hey, Guy, how's you it going? You think it's hey. Olivier? Olivier. 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 In my mind, it's Olivier. Yes. I think so. Yeah. You can let us know how badly we're mispronouncing your name. <laughs> you guy because we will be calling Guy after we do the read, and we'll have him on the phone, which is so exciting. So, um, we're really excited. Again, guys, this is a half-hour comedy pilot called Suckers, and written by Guy Olivieri. <laughs> and um, we're bringing it to you here on the Unproduced Table Read. So let's get started, guys. This is the pilot of Suckers. Interior living room night. This is Todd's vlog. He's 35, chubby, and thoroughly average. We see a series of quick cuts of him doubting this vlogging idea, of him starting to talk and then changing his mind. Uh, I mean, sure, uh, I'm, I'm going to live forever, but, like, it all across, right? Like, like, I'm never going to have Doritos again. Jump to... Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a vampire. What? Jump to. <laughs> Sorry, look, I am new to this vlogging thing, but I have to tell you, being a vampire, honestly, it sucks. Jump to. I mean, somebody please stake me, right? No, no, not really. Jump to. I mean, I was a bad, I was bad at being a person, and now I'm like super bad at being a vampire. Jump to. Oh. Todd burps and wow. grimaces. Oh, I just burped up blood. So gross! Smash two <laughs> titles. Interior bathroom night. Todd wanders into the bathroom and looks in the mirror. So, people think when you become a vampire, you, you get to start over. I don't know, maybe some people do, but when you're a loser as a person, you're a loser as a vampire. But, like, in perpetuity. <laughs> Todd takes off his shirt and sighs at his chubby belly. Freeze frame. Todd grabs his belly. And here's humiliation number one. Your body. Smash two. Interior living room night. Todd's vlog. 
You get stuck with your body exactly as it was. No amount of PNDX will make a dent. Smash 2, interior bathroom night. Same freeze frame of Todd shirtless. Uh, I should have gone on a diet. The scene unfreezes, close on his eyes. I guess it could have been worse. Smash 2, interior Milt's kitchen night. We see Milt's back as he's pouring pasta out of a pot into a colander. He's 40, Italian and American, and in a Cosby sweater. My neighbor Milt got vamped when he was raising money for charity. Kids, dinner! <laughs> the steam from the pasta turns Milt around. We see his face and his thick, luxurious handlebar mustache. For Milt, it's Movember forever. I'm a spaghetti. Freeze frame. <laughs> Milt's happy, sweaty face. I guess I'm glad I was 35 instead of 85, like Mr. Harris. Smash 2, interior bingo hall night. Mr. Harris, an elderly vampire in a wheelchair, plays bingo while the elderly women around him watch, terrified. B seven. Bingo! He's so excited, his fangs come out. The old ladies scream. One passes out. Freeze frame on sad Mr. Harris. Or sweet little Ladon. Smash two, exterior street, night. Ladon, black, ten, adorable, is standing on the street. Whenever she curses, it's bleeped out. A white woman walks up to her, crouches, and touches her hair. Are you lost, sweetie? Oh my, you have such pretty hair. Get out of my hair, you fucking hair bitch. Ladon <laughs> flashes her fangs and the woman runs. Ladon <laughs> pops an unlit cigarette in her mouth. Freeze frame on Ladon, about to light up. Oh lord, that's depressing. Smash two, interior bathroom, continuous. Todd is still looking in the mirror. I did trim my nose here this morning of the chain of the... I did trim my nose here the morning of the change, though, so that's good. There's a loud noise behind Todd. Todd's sister, Claudia, 36, vivacious, and a hard laugher comes right in. She has a mug of coffee for herself and a mug of blood for Todd, which she puts on the sink. Morning, Devil Spawn! Uh, traditionally, one knocks before entering the bathroom. You've been in here for, like, ever. Newsflash, you're still fat. This kind of ribbing doesn't even phase Todd. I have to be at work by 6, and I still have to walk your dog if I can get him out from under the couch. I hate how he hides from me. It hurts my feelings. Hun, he senses mortal peril. Darwin. I'm not going to eat the dog. Stop being such a little sh- Oh. Claudia glances in the toilet and recoils. Uh, it's not so much that you didn't flush, it's that you pee blood. Angle on a toilet filled with blood. Cut to interior living room night. Back to Todd's vlog. When your body lets you ingest only blood, you pee blood. Yeah, it's gross. You never get used to it. You know what the you know what a blart is? <laughs> when you fart as a vampire, the blood blart. Yeah, it's horrifying. Cut to interior bathroom night. Claudia is flushing the toilet and she grabs her toothbrush. And you used to think it was gross that I bleed monthly. Claudia cracks up. Todd does not. <laughs> okay, out. Todd grabs his shirt. I made you waffles. The woman in the toaster oven. Oh. Is that what that smell is? How sad for you that you can't eat them. I added cinnamon and vanilla. Happy birthday. Ah, you're the best little brother in the world. Claudia gives Todd a little noogie. Freeze frame on Todd in a headlock. Claudia's actually my younger sister, but since I stopped being stopped aging at 35 and today's her 36th birthday, I guess I'm her little brother now. The camera unfreezes. Todd gets out of the headlock. Stop it. Ugh, I hate you. You love me. I'm your favorite. Now here's your breakfast and some advice. She hands the mug to him. Be positive. <laughs> Claudia laughs hard. <laughs> Todd does it. Now get out. I gotta get pretty. Claudia pushes him out of the bathroom. Interior hallway night. Todd pauses outside the door. Todd's suddenly startled. Ah! It spills blood all over his... and spills blood all over his bare chest. Claudia's laughter is heard through the door. 
Todd is sad. Interior living room night, Todd's vlog. Scientists are still trying to figure out the science of it all, vampirism, but I have a few theories. It's not that your body stops working, it just works, like, way slower. I mean, my heart still beats, but, like, you know, only a few times a day, it still catches me by surprise. Smash 2, interior living room night. Flashback. Todd, Claudia, and Milt are leaning in, playing Jenga. It's Todd's turn. His heart beats. Ah! Though it looks like he's going to knock over the Jenga pieces, he slaps Milt in the face. Milt is pissed. Claudia howls with laughter. And in the awkward moment, we hear but don't see the barking dog run behind Milt. Freeze frame, freeze frame on Milt's angry face. Or at my new job. I work five, to night, uh, five night shifts a week at our building's front desk. Nine bucks an hour. Interior front desk night. Flashback. Todd is at the front desk sorting mail. His heart beats. Ah! Todd, <laughs> Todd throws mail across the lobby. He sighs and starts to pick it up. <laughs> I have a PhD in early child education from Stanford. Todd happens upon his own student loan bill. Hey, so reliving. I did get to refinance my student loans, so I could pay them off over 120 years, so that's sweet. Todd sighs again. Interior hallway, 5.15 a.m. Claudia and Scrubs exit the apartment on her way to work. She runs into Milt by his apartment door. Hey, Zoll. On your way to work? Yeah, I'm on your way to the coffin. I'm on my way out, actually, to an all-day lock-in orgy that I read about in Time Out New York. Mm, Stephanie's looking after the kids, then? Yep. And for the record, I don't sleep in a coffin. I sleep on a $2,000 memory foam mattress, you racist. <laughs> Claudia laughs hard. Anyway, big news. I invited my slutty friend Shelly to my party. Slutty, you say? Does she have a gay brother? Or better yet, a gay father? I'm in a daddy phase. Claudia laughs. Girl, focus! This is about Todd. We've got to get him out of his phone. And nothing is better for cheering up a vampire than sinking the, the old blood sausage, you know? Gross. <laughs> totally gross. They see Jane, 25, stunning and British, by her door down the hall. She's got long boxes with Ikea blinds in them. With her hair up and messy, she's still classy and beautiful. The new neighbor. Gorgeousness. Hello, Jane. How's your first night in the building going? Milton and Claudia approach her, but don't offer to help her with her boxes. She awkwardly puts them down next to her door and tries to find her keys. Well, thank you, Milton. Correct? Bingo. And this lovely is Claudia. Claudia give her her Claudia gives her the fish eye. You're like really pretty. Please tell me you're dead. Since 1954. Claudia brightens up. Oh, so nice to meet you, then. Pleasure. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but I have to assemble some Swedish modular blinds in the next... She uh, looks into the sky and senses... 41 minutes, or it's going to be a difficult day. <laughs> Jane has found her keys and opens the door. Well, welcome to the building, Jane. Good night. Good morning. I never know what to say. I believe the kids are saying, smell you later. Are they? Revolting. Farewell, then. Jane enters her apartment and closes the door. Outside, Milton and Claudia conspire. Claudia gives him a knowing look. Jane is way more Todd style than slutty Shelly. She's classy as balls. Claudia knocks on Jane's door and yells to her. Hey, Jane, you want to come to my birthday party? They wait for a response, giddy like teenage girls. Interior lobby night. Todd is at the desk organizing the mail. Milt approaches from the elevator. Going somewhere? Sun's up in 37 minutes. Relax, I've got a lift coming. Milt plops a bag of blood on the counter. Todd stares at it, tasteless. Bag lunch? I'm Italian, so we call it gravy. <laughs> Milt laughs at his own joke and spies his catalog in the heap. Ooh, my international mail is here. <laughs> Milt growls and bites his fist like, Dorsey, like Dorothy Zabronak at the sexy cover boy. Freeze frame. I'm sorry I keep stopping, but this, but this point is actually really interesting. Smash 2, interior bedroom, night. 
Todd's vlog. You know how in Anne Rice books, regular people like Lestat and Louis become vampires and they get all you know, bisexual? Well, that happens. <laughs> it happened to Milt. Smash 2, interior of Milt's apartment night. Milt is sitting on the couch. We hear keys in the door. Sometimes it drives them full-on gay. When the door opens, it's Stephanie, 35, stern, really curly hair, his wife. She stares at him. They are both intense, yet unemotional. Stephanie, darling, did you get a perm? What do you think, Milton? You look sickening. Stephanie is pissed. I look what? Milt gets up from the couch to join her. It's actually made their marriage better. Honey, 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 that's gay for you look amazing. She brightens and begins to bounce, thrilled that he likes it. I look sickening? You think I look sickening? Milt joins her in the bouncing. Milt grabs her hand and looks deep into her eyes. Lady, you're a mess. They resume squealing, freeze frame on their joyous faces. I mean, they're not together anymore, of course, but they're roommates and best girlfriends. Interior lobby desk night. The same freeze frame of Milt biting his fist. The camera unfreezes and Milt slides back up to the desk with his magazine. Um, Todrick, you think I could pull off a mesh tank top? <laughs> Definitely not. Ew, what's up your butt? Todd deflates. Is it the dog? I almost got on a play with me today. Well, we made eye contact from across the room and he only peed a little. No, no, no. See, Jason, the one's a dog, senses mortal danger. I'm not going to eat my dog. I know that. You know that. Jason does not know that. Todd slumps down on the counter. Being a creature of the night sucks so bad. There are downsides, yes. But the sex... So you said. Love bites. You're never going to get the herp. No gag reflex. I can hold my breath for literally, like, forever. <laughs> Todd gives him a look. The cleanup is gross, though. Melt! Fine, but later tonight, it's on. What do you... Do? Oh, my God, you and Claudia aren't setting up again, are you? Trick... Put down the rubber sheets. Oh, God. If anyone needs me, I'll be. Milt starts humping the desk. <laughs> Pounding it out in the dungeon on West 10th. Bye. <laughs> Milt heads for the door. Todd is deflated. Bye. <laughs> Milt turns to face him. Tonight, sharpen up that thing, fetch. <laughs> Milt exits. Interior living room night, Todd's vlog. And that brings me to humiliation number what? Three... Perhaps the worst. So I told you, vampires keep their human shape, right? Todd screws up his courage. <clears throat> when I was, like, 30 and alive still, Claudia and I were out drinking, and I was trying to be cool. Smash 2, exterior convenience store, day. Flashback, Claudia and Todd, hammered, are sitting behind a convenience store with a case full of beers and bottles. Oh, turds, we need a bottle opener. Dude, I got this. Todd tries to open up the bottles with his teeth. He screams in pain, and he's bloodied up pretty bad. Claudia tries to stifle a laugh, but can't help herself. Oh, frick, frick, oh, frick. Interior living room night. This is Todd's vlog again. I broke these three teeth, root canals, the whole deal, and now... Todd turns away for a moment, and he turns back, smiling. I only have one fang. He takes a swig of blood from his mug. With a blood mustache. Glamorous, huh? Hashtag, it gets worse. Hashtag it gets work, it gets worse appears on the screen as he types. He ironically smiles a bloody smile into the camera. Interior, YMCA basement night. This is a vampire support group. Vampires sit in a circle. Ladon, Mr. Harris, Sam, Hispanic, 30s, an impeccable suit, and Kathy, who's 45, matronly, matronly and the leader. Milt, in his mesh tank top, sits next to Todd. So I missed Junior's graduation, which was not easy. I tried to lobby the PTA to put the ceremony at night, but they just blew me off. Yerks moved their meeting to the afternoons. Ah! 
Take Are you fucking kidding me? That's some bullshit. I hope they all get the F bo- F-Bola. Freeze frame on Angry Milk. This is our vampire support group. Revamp. God, that is a stupid name. The camera unfreezes. And yes, F-Bola is one worse than Ebola. <laughs> no one laughs. Screw you guys. <laughs> Point well taken, Milk. I would not let it get me down. In fact, it inspired me. I ate them. I ate them all. <laughs> the group is horrified. I'm kidding. I enrolled at a night school master's program at NYU to get my fourth degree. This time, education administration. Kiss my behind, PTA. The group applies. <laughs> Milt whispers to Todd. See? You have an eternity of opportunities ahead of you, yet you choose to sit at home binge-watching Gilmore Girls. Seize the day. Todd thinks about this. Gilmore Girls is a really good show. You're ludicrous. <laughs> You're ludicrous. Yep. Kathy addresses the group. Would anyone else like to share? Mr. Harris? Mr. Harris, asleep in his chair, awakes with a start. Bingo! He falls back to sleep. Why? Why would anybody vamp an old man? Vampires are the worst. Anyone else? Milt raises his hand. We haven't heard from my little brother in a while. I'm good. Still figuring things out. Player, it's time for you to figure your shit out, okay? Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't be shy. Engage in the process. The group encourages Todd. It's, It's not easy for him. Fine. I... You all know I was like a really average human. I taught kindergarten, which I loved and really, really miss. I walked the dog. This again? Give it up, girl. Todd ignores it. I was pretty conventional. A little dissatisfied, but, like, I mean, who isn't? Then one night, I let my stupid sister convince me to go out to some bar on the Lower East Side, and that's where I met her. Now we're talking, bitch! (laughs) Todd continues. The most beautiful girl I'd ever seen. Interior bar night. Flashback. Todd sees the girl, 25, gorgeous across the room, standing alone. In all these flashbacks, we never see her face. She wore a red dress, and she was so beautiful. She drains the last sip of blood from her wine glass. And she was a vampire. Interior YMCA basement continuous. The entire group is leaning in. And for once in my life, I actually made a move. I bought her an AB negative. Pricey. Interior bar continuous. Flashback. Todd, trying to be debonair, hands the girl a champagne flute of blood. She smiles, and Todd smiles back. And it was chemistry. Love, maybe. I I don't know, but definitely like a a whole... My my whole life was finally starting. Interior YMCA basement continuous. There is silence in the room. And for a moment, I was the man I always wanted to be. You know how you can go your entire life and never actually feel like a man? Mr. Harris raises his fist in solidarity. Oh, he's up. Mr. Harris falls asleep again. He's down. Continue, Todd. (laughs) Interior Todd's old bedroom night. Flashback. Todd faces the girl. So, I brought her back to my place, and and I made the first impulsive decision I've ever made. They start to make out. They fall out of frame and into bed. I let her bite me, and it was awesome. Interior YMCA basement continuous. Todd gets awkward, and then very sad. Uh, I died, of course, and then I woke up the next morning ready to... figure out my whole life, or our new life together, and she was gone, and I, I had no idea who I was. Honestly, I, I still don't. I miss my dog. They all look at Todd with pity, including Milt. Queen. Not helpful. Todd sulks. Interior bedroom night, Todd's vlog. And this brings me to my thesis. Do not become a vampire. It may seem great, sexy even, but it is so hard. Get a tattoo, eat a brick of cheese, I don't know, make tiny cuts in your leg. Yeah, that's fun. I, I just don't let some hot girl bite you just to feel something. 
people keep telling me to seize the day, but why bother when all I have is days? Days and days and days. Sorry, I need a break. Todd reaches to adjust the camera, and his heart beats. Ah! His hand jumps and knocks the computer to the ground. Stupid heart! The image fizzles out. Interior living room night. Claudia is at the table with her friend Shelly. 30, cute, perky, and a bit of a hipster. And he made you a birthday cake that he can't even eat? That's, like, totes beautiful. He's an amazing cook. It's one of his many ironies. I like a complicated man. My therapist says it's because my dad wouldn't hold me when I was a baby. He just smiled at me from, like, way across the room. (laughs) Yeah. Let's keep the crazy under your hat, okay? (laughs) Claudia heads toward the kitchen. Do you think he'll mind that I'm a vegan? Claudia rolls her eyes, which Shelly can't see. She turns around. Shelly, love, papa mint, soy breath. Interior, kitchen, continuous. Claudia rushes to Todd. He's icing the cake. Oh my god, that looks amazing! I should spend an attorney cooking things I can never eat and write sad, sad songs about it. (laughs) Claudia gives him a look. But it's your birthday! Yay! A year older! Your heart will go on. Claudia does the Celine arm choreo. Todd stands, fake smiling. You sure you want to do cake now before everyone else gets here? This is family time. I want to celebrate my birthday with my baby brother. Todd's fake smile breaks. Still not loving that. (laughs) And I'm not loving that you're clearly freaking setting me up right now. Claudia lights the candle. Calm down. You don't even have to be friendly to her. Just smile at her from way across the room. What? Cake! She turns off the lights and runs to her seat. Interior living room continuous. Todd carries in the cake. He sees Claudia and Shelly's... Claudia and Shelly sitting at the table. He broadly smiles at Shelly from way across the room. Shelly is smitten. I bet that's like not even vegan, but I totally want a bite. Todd continues to painfully smile. Interior living room a few hours later. Live people are milling around drinking cocktails. Vampires, including Sam, Kathy, and LaDon, are drinking blood from plastic cups. Mr. Harris sleeps in his chair. Todd sits on the couch and during a conversation with Shelly. So, I'm getting together all my stuff for the 1920s garden party on Governor's Island. You know, like, the flapper dress, the glasses, and the beads. You should, like, totally come. I think it'll go past dusk, though I don't know the ferry schedule. Can you fly? I hear some of you guys can fly. That's true blood. Do you, like, glow in the sunlight? That's twilight. Oh. I, uh, I, like, literally burst into flames. Aw, sad. (laughs) <laughs> I bet you used to look amazeballs with a tan. Todd takes a moment. Uh, you excuse me? I gotta pee. Blood? Okay. <laughs> Todd fights his way towards Claudia. LaDon is playing blood pong. She grabs Todd by the arm. You, you gonna hit that? Or are you a bitch? <laughs> no, LaDon. She's literally the most annoying person I've ever met. So? Todd gives her a look. He leaves. Dumbass. <laughs> Claudia is drunk, flirting with a tall, tall man, Carter. Working at the blood bank is, like, great, but, like, so boring. Tell me more about your hedge fund. I'm such a dum-dum about money. (laughs) Todd interrupts. Do not make me talk to to her anymore. She's, like, truly awful. Dude, is this your vampire brother? That's him, Nosferatu. Isn't he scary? Todd isn't the least bit amused. You know, dude, I was thinking about making the switch myself. Bamping it up. What do you think? Really, Carter? Your profile didn't say anything about that. I'm just considering it. It would make my student loans so much easier. <laughs> You're kidding, right? No, dude, I just started CrossFit, so I'll look good for, like, ever. <laughs> Todd is shocked. Are you crazy? Being a vampire is not something you just rush into. It's hard. It's 
it, it's it's like really hard. Dude, can I see your fangs? Fang, singular, <laughs> just one. You only have one fang? What's up with that? <laughs> Todd smacks Claudia on the arm. They get into a brief slap fight. Dude, you on Instagram? You should totally blog. Or vlog. Who cares what I have to say? Carter proudly raises his hand. Todd can't even. Claude, I'm going for a walk. Claudia pleads with him. No, stay. Uh, you should meet Beth. Beth! Uh, she's the tits, Beth! Drink some water. Like a gallon, okay? I gotta go. Todd exits. Your brother is so rad. You know what else is rad? Making out with me. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Ooh, hello, nurse. They furiously make out. Todd approaches the front door. Milton Stephanie burst in. Surprise! The crowd stares at them. Mr. Harris is heard, but not seen. Bingo! <laughs> oh, hey, Mr. Harris. How are you tonight? Angle on Mr. Harris, asleep in his chair. Back to scene. Good talk, Mr. Harris. It's not a surprise party, guys. The crowd goes back to whatever it was doing. No, no, no. We have a surprise for you. Also, we just really enjoy screaming into crowds. Mm -hmm. She waits for a laugh, which Todd doesn't give her. Laugh, we're hilarious. Everyone says so. I haven't laughed in, like, a year. Anywho, we want to introduce you to someone special. A dungeon friend? Hard pass. At least something's hard. Hey-o! Milton Stephanie, (laughs) high five. She moved into the building yesterday. She's totally gorgeous. I'm going to be her for Halloween. (laughs) Jane, the neighbor, and also... Surprise! The vampire that turned Todd <laughs> walks through the door. Stunning. She immediately recognizes him. Scott? Todd is flummoxed, then pissed. It, it's Scott. No, it, it, it's Scott. No, no. I. My name is Todd. Jane? Surprise! <laughs> Wait, you two know each other? Guys, th- th- this, this is the girl who killed me. Holy crap balls. Surprise! Todd storms out the door. Jane looks at Milton Stephanie, still shocked at the coincidence. Exterior street, night. Todd has stormed out, and Jane runs behind him. Stop! Todd! I can't run in these heels. You can't run in these heels? Todd whips around. Really? Like, I can't do anything, like, at all, no matter the footwear. What the frick, Jane? You're angry. You're darn right I'm angry. Don't you see? Fate intervened. I moved down the corridor from you, random as the kids say. I don't believe in fate. Nor do I, really. Would it help if I said I was sorry? Would it help a kitten give it wings? I I don't even know what that means. You know what's weird? A kitten with wings is actually my spirit animal. (laughs) Todd is stern by this. He makes a weird noise. You are still absolutely adorable. Jane! I'm a creature of the night. I am terrifying and vicious. And adorable. I really am sorry, Scott. Uh, Todd. Todd is listening. You may not believe me, but I really liked you. That's why I've spent the last year trying to find you again. You moved. Todd melts a little. I I had to move in with my stupid sister because I lost my job. Because of vampire discrimination? Oh. They can't do that. Vampires are protected minority clothes. No, because vampires... His kindergarten takes place during the daylight hours. Oh. There's a silence. Jane, why did you turn me? Jane can't seem to think of what to say. Well, the night I met you, my dog died. So lame. No, she died. <laughs> and I finally had gotten her to trust me. And my father died and my sister. Everybody died. My body is 25, and I'm 85 years old. Coping with this next phase is lonely. Jane gets emotional. Look, I'm sorry uh, about your dog. That's rough. 
not not like dog says rough, but like rough situationally. My dog thinks I'm going to eat him. I may not have exercised that best judgment. Uh, well, to be fair, neither did I. You can hate me, I get it, but just know I will make it up to you. You will. I've got forever to try. <laughs> Jane passionately kisses Todd. He pulls away. What, what the frick was that? Creatures of the night can actually say whole curse words. <laughs> Todd storms off. Then he has a thought. He turns around, rushes back to her, and kisses her hard. It's hot. He pulls away and looks at her lustfully, fangs out, vampire to vampire. What's with the one fang? I'm out. Todd storms <laughs> off again. Finally, with a bit of a grin. Interior, living, night. Todd's vlog. I can't fly, I don't have super strength, and I'll never eat a Cinnabon again. Ever. Ever. Todd pauses, frustrated, but then hopeful. But I've got to figure this out. I will figure this out. I have an eternity, and I'm not going to be a sad mope forever. Maybe there is hope for this kitten with wings. Oh my god, that's so dumb. (laughs) Todd laughs for the first time in a year. Then the dog runs up to Todd and sits on his lap. Jason! Hey, boy. I missed you, you little guy. This is Jason. Jason furiously licks his face. He's peeing. He's actively peeing. (laughs) I don't care. Hey, buddy. Todd and Jason play like old friends. Fade to black. Woo! Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this was the pilot script to Suckers. We're going to take a five-minute break. Guy is going to call us, and we are going to talk with the writer. So for those watching live, stay tuned. And for those listening, also stay tuned. We'll be back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Unproduced Table Read, and we have Guy, our writer, on the line. Guy, are you there? Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? Hey. So how badly did I mispronounce your last name? <laughs> um, actually, uh, Roxy got it. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Awesome. Um, Guy, thank you for being here today. We had so much fun with this read. Yeah. It was super fun to listen to. I just was chuckling my ass off. <laughs> Good. Um, I want to start by asking you, like, what your relationship with, like, vampires is. Just, like, the lore, like, shows, books, whatever. Um, well, I, uh, I have read Interview with a Vampire, like, eight or nine times, uh, even though it's like legitimately terrible um, I, for some reason it was very important to me when i was a teenager um i i, uh, I think there's also and uh, buffy is of course one of the greatest things that's ever happened and so, i read agreed. those stupid twilight books even though i should have known better um i just think there's something amazing um there's just something really magic about the whole thing and especially like I, i'm I, growing up a queer kid there was like an othering thing that you had this like secret that that really I was always drawn to. So something I've been really interested in since I was a little kid. Awesome. Were you nervous approaching the vampire genre? Because as I mentioned at the top, you've made it fresh, but the genre itself is pretty tired. So like, I would think as a writer that would be almost scary terrain to enter just because you know it's been done a lot. It was actually like an idea I came up with in a little writer's group I had, and everybody told me it was impossible. And I was like, well, now I have to do it. <laughs> um, the first version was actually animated. I wrote it to be animated. And then um, the more I got into it, the more I realized it was, uh, you know, like a, the simple, you know, like we could take the formats we know and add the sci-fi element to it, and maybe there was something there. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that because, like, what were some of the deliberate choices you made to distinguish this as a vampire piece from all of the other vampire pieces out there? You know, I don't think I came at it from that angle. I think I came at it from, like, the I really thought about what it might be like to actually hmm. actually be a vampire in real life. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like um, 
It's a little bit Big Bang Theory. Uh, it's a little Leonard in Big Bang Theory. I thought, like, if he became a vampire, I mean, like, the sad sack that he is, like, how does how could that affect him? Um, so I don't think I ever made any real choices to differentiate it, but I just know, I, like, one of the things, whenever a new vampire thing comes out, I'm always happy to see, like, what the rules they've created are. Mm-hmm. You know, like, say what you will about Twilight. The glowing in the sun is amazing. Like, that's a, yeah. an amazing little detail. And um, the, you get to choose, you get to pick and choose from the best stuff uh, for each for each kind of new vampire narrative, and I think that's really fun. I think that's what makes it this genre untired, though, is because it, it's it's that fascination with a the genre because people will go out to see this, but at the same time, looking at the new rules that people apply to this genre. Yes, there are the old traditional allergic to garlic and sunlight, blah blah blah, but then people put the mm-hmm. new spin on things, which I think is fascinating, and that's why people come out to see these and support these. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, what I was so happy I mean, with, go ahead, guy. Yeah, you take it. I, I think to me, like the um, the metaphor of maybe it's how one feels in their 30s or how I feel in my 30s. Um, you know that uh, you're not making the choices to actually propel your life forward. That life is kind of happening to you, and if you have just nothing but time, that feeling, which is my least favorite feeling in the whole world, uh, could just be crushing. Hmm. And so I kind of also took it from that point of view. I could totally see this as like a Scooby-Doo-esque kind of vampire cartoon with that Big Bang Theory thing happening that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a big fan of vampires, but I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally watch that. Yeah, it, related to that, you said you had originally written this animated. What? So what were the differences in your original conception of the show versus what we have now? Well, I wanted it to be a little... Um bouncier and sillier like the uh, the relationship between claudia and todd was pretty much where i started and i um i thought that they could have um it could be like an adult swim kind of like dirty sexy mm-hmm. stupid cartoon yeah. and the more i worked with it the more i realized there was actually maybe some real truth in there There was actually a real uh, a real kind of person in there that might be far more interesting than just the dumb cliches and you know bouncy music yeah, I mean, like, there's already, like, a will-they-won't-they they thing developing in the pilot. And it kind of, it's it's very quirky in the sense that you're poking fun of the vampire genre, but there's something refreshingly kind of familiar about, like, the rom-coms we love so much. I think of, like, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of, like, the Jim and Pam, or, you know, like, the classic Ross and Rachel, that stuff. Is that kind of what you wanted to hit when you made the uh, decision to sort of change how you approach the narrative? Absolutely. I went back and watched the pilot of Friends, which is <laughs> a damn masterpiece. And, uh, you know, like you you want you want a relationship that can last for seven years. And you have to, like, really think about how that's going to start out because it's a really delicate thing. Um, and so the idea was just to, you know, set that up, but then give them some space at the end of the episode to, like, take seven seasons to find their way back to each other, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I definitely I mean, I'm very uh, I, I, I the the Friends pilot is something I watch every couple of months. Pretty much every time I write a new comedy, I go back and watch it because it's um, so perfect. It sets up an amazing world really, really quickly. Well, I would love to take this opportunity to shamelessly self-promote our show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you go back five episodes, guys, we actually did read the pilot of Friends on our show. So, yeah. so you can check that out. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I took it and I actually like charted it out. Like there's there's boxes and circles and it's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Have you thought at all about other supernatural creatures like werewolves, zombies, adding that in at some point? 
Yeah, that's definitely going to have to happen. <laughs> Although that is really a weakness of every other vampire yeah. thing when they wind, wind up bringing in the, the werewolves and stuff. That's when you know they're running out of ideas. But, uh, you know, if I, can, if I can get this from a new angle, maybe I can get the new werewolves from a new angle. Mm, which is, well, maybe there's we somebody definitely... has to go get wax on a regular basis or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Because you're approaching it with a bit of a satirical edge, bringing in new characters I think is only an exciting opportunity because you can kind of cut the conventions of those tropes as well. So I think if anything, it's an opportunity yeah. for you, you know? We were talking yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we called you about, uh, you know, it would be hard casting specifically LaDawn, I guess, because she's a child, right? So yeah. to, to be able to like have her not age if, if it was a series that went on and on. And that's one thing that yeah. animation would have solved. Just, yeah, we definitely talked about that. Um, but then you think about how like, David Boreanaz on Angel com completely physically changed and no one ever really thought about it. Although a child's a different thing. Yeah, you probably have to recast that's that hilarious. kid. Yeah. Yeah. People are forgiving if they love the show. Because with Supernatural shows, the rules always get broken here or there. Yeah. But if you love the show, you forgive it so quickly. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, you can like absolutely. sort of like tongue-in-cheek make fun of even that, I think, in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can always make people be like, yeah, I bought a new wig today. Yeah. <laughs> Just make, it makes my face shape look so much yeah. thinner. <laughs> um, so, Guy, you're an actor-writer, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So would you say, like, I'm always interested in these, these multi-hyphenate writers. Would you say you kind of found your passion for on-screen storytelling through acting first or through writing first? And I'd love to kind of hear about you specifically. All right. Well, uh, I, uh, I'm, I started as a theater guy. And... Um, my friends and I from college started a theater company, and for over a decade, we produced theater in New York, like way downtown. Um, <laughs> and during that whole time, I was the one who helped procure new scripts. So every year we do. So I'm very, I'm very uh, used to the idea of, uh, of producing a stage reading. So I know how hard that is. Thank you very much. But I would do, you know, four or five of them a year, and then we would work with the playwrights and sometimes bring plays all the way from the first draft right onto the stage. So during that time is where I really learned how stories worked because engineering these other people's stories to make them work for the aesthetic of our company was what I did for 10 years. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, I was watching a lot of television and I think that's important. I had a TV in my room as a kid because my parents were good to me. Um, and <laughs> it all came together a couple of years ago when I actually started writing stuff for myself. Cool. And, um, I mean, I'm going to be honest, it started out as a project for myself. Uh, Mike, sorry, you're the first person. <laughs> Actually, it's the first person I've heard besides myself read it, so that's kind of awesome. Um, and, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been writing and producing uh, shorts, and I uh, wrote and shot a pilot that uh, me and my friends did a couple of years ago. Cool. And really, this started as a thing that we were going to produce for ourselves, and um, then it kind of got blown out of proportion budget-wise, and now um, I'm starting to like look for a, a wider audience for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so do you feel like comedy is sort of your sweet spot as a writer, or do you sort of mix it up? It's pretty much where I land most of the time. Um, I, I have written, I've written, I have a drawer full of unproduced pilots, only, well, two of them are dramas, and the other are a bunch of, uh, uh, a bunch of comedies. So what? I mean, it's really like what I, what I love, yeah. I loved as a kid, you know, like watching Roseanne with my mom was like a special time for me. Except that last season, though. That last episode. Yeah, mm -hmm. we can forgive it. Yeah. We just ignore it. It never happens. God. <laughs> um, so I love talking to comedy writers because your job as a comedy writer is to write fun, relatable characters that you want to come see week to week. Um, but I think there's an element of comedy where you have to write broad characters that 
sort of have shades of caricature because that's what we want to see as audiences of comedy, but are also kind mm-hmm. of individualized, unique characters. So can you talk about writing? And I don't know if you feel that way as a comedy writer as well, but like Milt is kind of like this really fun, sassy queen, but also his own thing. So can you talk about avoiding caricature, but also kind of like having shades of that? Well, I have been accused of caricatures um, over and over. And uh, usually I take those notes pretty seriously, especially when it comes to characters who are not like me, who are people of color, who are women. I I really take those notes very seriously because, A, I want parts that people want to play, and, B, I just don't want anybody to feel like they're essentialized into something they're not. But um, with the character of Milt, uh, uh, this is one that I actually purposely made a little bit vague i've had a couple of people read this when i've like had friends read it like one guy who was like tough like the marlboro man and like trying to figure out what it was like to behave as a queer person after this change happened to him or somebody who that's incredibly naturally for natural for and they're both super interesting and honestly i don't know which one's better um i love what you did thank you very much uh it was very cool um especially put a little new york spin on it which Mm -hmm. i which is great but um i think uh, Every script that I've worked on has some characters who are, like, very specific in my mind, and this is how this has to work for the entire story to work. And then characters like Milt and Claudia, to some, in some respect, and I guess Jane, too, can be this huge variety of people, and I still think will make the story work. So I think you got to have both. Well, just, sorry, speaking of um, just the relationship w- with Todd and Claudia, one of the most profound relationships in this script was Milt and Stephanie. Um, and I just think that, where did you get the inspiration for those two characters? Um, well, my closest relationships in my life are with straight women, and there's something magical about uh, a gay guy and a straight woman and the way that they can interact that um, I don't know anybody else who can do that. There's like a certain level of enthusiasm that's allowable. <laughs> there's a certain level of like, um, you know, nobody, uh, there's no, nobody has to pretend to be tough, and you have a lot of things in common, but then one thing that's incredibly not in common, and I think that relationship is fascinating, and actually, that's in several of the things I've written. Um, especially because I have some of my ex-girlfriends from <laughs> a long time ago who are still in my life, and are still close friends, and that, that background creates some fascinating tension sometimes. You know what it kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of um, Jack and Karen from Will and Grace. Mm -hmm. The way they kind of talk in tandem and everything whenever there's an issue. They just kind of talk together. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank thank you and kudos to me. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it, that's it's just a, a super. I mean, whenever men and women can be friends without, which is also why Todd and Claudia are siblings. Yeah. Uh, men and women and their relationships are really kind of not. I don't think they're very well represented in a lot of stuff that I know. Yeah. Well, it's fun, and it's special, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's in there. And it's sort of what I was talking about earlier, how it is a broadcast of characters, but it's tough in a comedy pilot to distinguish characters. Yeah. And you, that's your job. You have yeah. to do it. I think you've done a really good job in this pilot, because I'm excited hey, about thanks. all of them. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you get any um, slack or criticism for LaDawn's character being so... Um, I don't want to say the word stereotypical, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. Like on the nose? Yeah. Oh, actually, the sound went out for being so... Sorry, uh, for being so stereotypical, and that's not the word that I want to use, but that's the direction that I'm leaning in. Um, Being a a, a white man, how did... Who was the most criticized? Like, what did you ever think about maybe rewriting her or giving her another dimension? 
Uh, yeah, I've, I've received that criticism, and I think it's valid, and uh, I wish there was a little more time to give her a little more right. than, like, her sassy comments. And certainly that would be something that's going to be explored in the first season. But, um, you know, uh, in uh, I, I don't have a great reason why. I don't. There's just not enough time to really flesh her out. You know what? But I'm, I'm going to write that note down. I, I don't know. I, don't, I wish I had a better answer for that. I mean, she's a great character. She's, she's funny. I was just because you had said earlier that, you know, we were talking about characters and caricatures and everything like that. And I was like, LaDon is pretty... Um, character. Have, have you seen Role Models? Yeah. The movie Role Models? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She reminded me exactly of like that little Spitfire boy in the movie who who like is punching people in the nuts and just like swearing all the time and running around. Like Yeah. I also think of that character Q from Best Friends Forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that brief too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, you know, uh, which is which is a fraught, it's a it's a fraught character, and certainly something that would need to be expanded on later down the season. You know what? As a, per- a as a fascinating per- story, as a person of color, uh, have you ever seen Have you ever seen Boondocks? That animated uh, uh, Boondocks. Yeah. Hue- yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Huey is Huey feels a little like what you're aiming for Ladon to be. Right, because mm-hmm. Huey's kind of abrasive and kind of just wrong every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and mm-hmm. I'm just interested to know: Do are you close to some people of color that are female? <laughs> Absolutely. I have I have brought uh, a, a large variety of people in to like to read this, and um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I no. I mean, do you have a do you have a bestie? Do you have a bestie that's a woman of color is what, what I'm asking. What are you getting at, girl? I, I'm, I'm, I shoot straight from the hip. Do you have a bestie that is a person of color? I just want to know. One of, I, I have a very good friend who is a female, a black female writer who I'm sure will give me the real scoop. That okay, that's what I was looking for. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, I think like with LaDon, it's I almost it's so hard in comedy pilots because this happens. Like if you look at the Friends pilot, Joey is yeah. you know, and you just have so little time yeah. to like service the characters in the way you want. I almost think if you just threw in one kind of subversive line with Ladon near the end, it could maybe yeah. sort of change it. I, that could change yeah. it for Or she does something like super yeah. cerebral, cerebral and smart, and yeah. everybody's like, "What?" Yeah. Like, she's like, what? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think I was smart. Yeah, I got it. Like, yeah. yeah. But I completely agree with you, Jeff. It's 30 pages. Like, right. I'm sure she's more evolved later on in this right. season. It's just, yeah, that's the tough <laughs> thing with a comedy pilot. But, I mean, yeah, obviously we're not here to give you notes either. No, like, no, we no. Love, we love, no, I love LaDon. Just yeah. asking questions and making observations. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's really difficult um, writing for people who are not part of the groups you're naturally a part of. I I had uh, I I'm writing another script that has this. It's about a woman who dates this huge variety of people, and I got totally read by one of my black actor friends about uh, some stereotypes I put in that I had no idea I put in. So, hmm. and his point was, you know, when a person when a, when there's a character of color and you say that they're of color, and then you make no reference to the fact that they're any in any way different in the script, you're just disservicing them. That like, there has to be. Uh, it, it's so much stronger if at one point you say. There's a difference between the cultures we come from. Doesn't matter, but there's just a little bit of difference. And you point to it, just even with the, with a couple of words, it makes the whole world seem so much realer. And mm-hmm. I think it's a great note, and I'm really glad that it happened. That's great. Note. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm I'm not black, but I am a female, so I can speak on the white female characters, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and I think you did a great job capturing the female voice for a lot of these, even though you are not Thanks, a woman. Thanks. You did a really strong job. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of 
Uh, Andrew, who's not here, always asks the question of, like, having heard it read by a different group of actors, was there anything that surprised you with this read specifically, or anything that really tickled you in a good way, or maybe something you heard that you might be interested in changing in another draft? Well, um, can I kind of uh, change this around a little bit and ask you if you what kind of network you think this show belongs on? Because I, yeah. the way you read it was a little bit different than how I hear it in terms I of like, I immediately thought FXX. What, what do you mean by that? The way we read it is a little different. I mean, the, the, I uh, I don't want to say which. I want to hear what you guys say first. But like in my mind, it very much belongs on a certain type of network. And maybe you think it belongs on Netflix or it belongs on FX or it belongs on CBS. Like so, when you guys hear this where do you think it belongs so i don't know do you watch like um you're the worst or man seeking woman at all any of those shows i have watched a a little of each okay cool yeah to me this kind of occupies that space of like single cam quirky but still um like has mainstream elements so like it doesn't push as totally quirky as like adult swim but i also wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily picture it like on network necessarily That's me, though. Right. I mean, I could picture it as, because you know how they did Veep, which is more of like a 30-minute political thing? Yeah. I feel like this would Mm -hmm. be on like an HBO, more of like a 30-minute, like True Blood kind of thing. Hmm. I think you're limiting your audience with that because I don't think you need it. I think you could be on a CW or an ABC and have no problem there. I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think ABC would do it, but I think CW would mm-hmm. would do it because that seems more along the the vein of their audience. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. CW maybe um, TNT, FX. Yeah. Um, Hulu does some non um, uh, new scripted series. Amazon maybe. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to hear what you were thinking, guy. I mean, because to me, it's it, it's written with ABC in mind. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Like, uh, um, but the way you read it was very much more FX. Um, I know I, it's hard to even put my finger on exactly why I thought that. Maybe because you're all so like attractive. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's something a little bit. Well, um, thank you, guys. I don't know. I'll take that. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. Uh, Not I like mean, all those uggos on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're just dreadful to look at on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking because if, if something's going to be on FX, it's usually a little bit sexier. It's a little like, yeah. uh, you know, always funnier. Uh, and, you know, like there's, it's a little dirtier. They allow the curses. Yeah. And in my mind, it was actually, it's actually kind of supposed to be for a really broad audience for like teenagers and, and yeah. adults too. Yeah. Well, but, the thing you know, is, I, say what's right. I feel like the reason I like it in its current shape is because it does have some specificities. I mean, I love broadcast comedy, but I think it's rare that you see a really, really, like, wonderful broadcast comedy. Like, I would say, like, Modern Family still is setting the bar so high. So, I, to me, if you wanted this to work for broadcast, and this is just me, I think you'd need to make some changes that might take the special out of what you have. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm sure you want to see this stage wherever it's going to whoever's going to pay you a check that's right. what I'm saying <laughs> okay. what do you mean Jeff well I just feel like there are tonal specificities in here like even but then I think I guess Will and Grace was a network show too you know a lot of that would owe to performance and direction it's, I think like you have written totally a pretty casting. and casting so I, I think you've written like a wonderfully broad pilot that could exist on multiple networks but I feel like because I love quirky single cam I would want to see this on like an FX or an FX <laughs> or even TBS has wonderful comedies right now too so oh yeah TBS yeah. could work you just wouldn't want, want to do like a CBS where they yeah. would just like they would clean just it just they would the clean it thing. No, yeah I agree with Jeff they would take bowl. it on CBS yeah. ABC and BC, they would take what, yeah. like what Jeff was saying, was special about it, and make it detergent 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes is an interesting thought, though, actually. I didn't even think yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, it's I mean, I, I, it's in great shape right now. I love to right think now. that like it could get expanded and get dirtier and like <laughs> yeah. effects yeah. and like you know there's 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 no reason it couldn't, right? You know, get a little more true blood, a little sexier down the line. For sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, that's I. The thing is with comedy, yeah, a lot of that will owe to whose hands it ends up kind of getting passed along to. So you, I feel like it's hard for us to see exactly right now. But any other questions mm-hmm. for us now that we're sort of opening up the dialogue in that way? Oh, sorry, say that again? Any other questions for us now that we're sort of, yeah, on this? Yes, I have a question. Um, do you think uh, Do you think that having them age 35 and 36 serves this to its best? Do you think having them being 28 and 29 serves this better? I think like, regardless. When you read this, how does this affect, how does, how does this land in your lifetime? Does it feel like it's a 30s thing or a 20s thing? Hmm. Uh, as a as a 26-year-old woman, which is me as of yesterday, um, I think that (laughs) Claudia, I I didn't know how to age her by 10 years because her dialogue is so young. She is so bratty and, like, so aggressive with her her brother, so much sass, that she read 20-somethings to me, not Um, Mm 30-somethings, as opposed to her brother, but I understand the whole dynamic of the big brother, little brother, so they have to be closer in age, but he read older to me. Yeah, and I feel like Mm -hmm. with Milt, I know that you said he was 40s in the script, but he has so many um, very young-sounding lines, Um, so I pictured him younger, um, but that was just my personal take on him. Mm -hmm. Super cynically, I would think regardless, at least the brother and sister would just be cast younger as the leads of the show. Like, if someone out of your hands was casting it, they're going to do hot... 20 something. <laughs> yeah. Even older 20s, but yeah, yeah. still I would think 20s. What's funny about in comedy of, though, in, in terms of that point, in terms of that point in your life when when you feel like your life is getting away from you because you're not making any decisions. Yeah. Um to, uh, I don't know, maybe you, maybe you all can't speak to this. Maybe it's just a, a a personal fascination of mine, but to me that's like a Thing that happens to you before you turn 40 and you have to like figure all your your life out because at 40 it gets real but sometimes i guess i had that same feeling when i was in my late 20s like what am i doing i gotta figure this out the moment's gonna be 30 yeah i don't think early 20s but i think definitely when you like Mid 27 28 you start thinking like 30 is coming and what's going on with my family my life my kids like mm-hmm. i definitely think that that's there especially in middle america like that's a huge Concern. Yeah, and then you, you're yeah. the writer, and you made them these ages for a specific reason because what's going on personal for you, and I feel like their ages in this sense maybe raises the stakes for these characters. Um, so that I guess that's really just your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the mm. thing with comedy too, guys, a lot of times the characters seem a little ageless. Like, I think yeah. characters or viewers will project their age onto the characters because, like, I love Friends, but, like, I know 30-somethings who watch Friends and assume that they're in their 30s just because they're in their 30s. So I think, like, it doesn't necessarily matter, especially in comedy, because I think people project what they want on... Like, I think you'd be smart to kind of leave it a little age ambiguous Mm -hmm. because they're going to cast young, attractive people anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I think for your age and thinking long-term, the dynamic of the, of, uh, the two of them, brother and sister of her going from her 30s to her 40s and him still in her 30s, that's a bigger... Yeah. There's yeah. more drama to play with her, with the family. If you're going from your 20s to your 30s, that's you don't change much, really. Yeah. But your 30s to your 40s, that's huge. Yeah. But he's still stuck in that, and she's now 
family or kids get involved with her husband yeah gets married. i think you're talking from an la person right now <laughs> I think that the change to 20 to 30s is very not different in L.A. But I did the change from my 20 to my 30s not in L.A. I was just not part of that zeitgeist. And my whole world was that. I mean, I mean that's just me personally. I think yeah. I think one more, more story. The, what the argument shows is that it probably doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I think people will, yeah. people will project what they want yeah. on the characters, I think. So I wouldn't yeah, want that it's no sweat you guys just back. proved that point. That's that's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so everybody's a mess at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah, no matter what age you are, ever yeah. achieved, everybody's <laughs> got their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's such a fun script, guy. Do you have any other questions for us? Huh. No, I don't think so. I, I have to say that was uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. Good. Um, Good. It's fun. We read, we read a wonderfully um, written, very deep feature last year or last week about racism and poverty in the South. So it was kind of nice for us to yes. read a really <laughs> light. Yeah. yeah, it was. So this was. It was an honor for us to read some things just so quippy and kind of breezy. It was fun. Yes, that's amazing. Yes. Agreed. Um, any questions <laughs> from the panel that you guys haven't gotten a question to ask yet? Got a chance. Okay, cool. Well, Guy, thank you so much for letting us read your work on air. It was an honor. Thank you. We'd really love to see this made. So um, that being said, where can executives and producers <laughs> find you to purchase this script? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Guy Livieri. I'm on Instagram, at Guy is Delightful, and uh, GuyLivieri.com. Awesome. Oh, delightful. Guy is Delightful. <laughs> I love that. Well, Guy, I would love to keep in touch with you. And if you have anything else you want um, read on the show, just pitch it to me and we can see if it's a fit. Oh, you'll be getting a couple emails. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Well, let's keep in touch. We'll All talk right. soon. All right, bye. All buddy. right, thanks so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank, you. Thank you. Bye, guy. Um, well, guys, this has been the Unproduced Table Read. Um, for those watching live, thanks for those tuning in. Thanks. Um, if you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. You can pitch me a script there. Um, also, I would love to recommend another show if you liked today's show specifically. We read a script a couple months ago called Moguls that I feel like has some of the same fun, breezy comedy elements. Josh. Yeah. yeah, that's Josh Dorian's script, and it's um, equally satirical. So I think if you like this script, definitely check out that show. Also, importantly, I must note that these scripts came to us heavily discounted from ARA Printing on Magnolia Boulevard in Burbank. They're wonderful. They're the cheapest print shop in town. They're fast, and they print high quality. So especially for you writers, I would highly recommend them on Magnolia and Burbank. Um, if you go with the promo code table read, you'll get 10% off of your order. Nice. Um, thanks for tuning yeah. in, guys. And for the rest of you, where can they find you online? Uh, find me at Mike Kalinowski, Twitter, Instagram. That's where I'm at. You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Find me at I am Timothy Mike. You can find me at, at William.pinkham on Instagram. I'm on all social platforms at The Curvy Critic. I am on Twitter at Haley O'Connor. That's Haley with two Y's. If you don't use two Y's, you're not two Y's. <laughs> guys, as of right now, um, next week is Comic-Con, so I think we're going to do a little bit of a different show. I haven't exactly decided what yet, because admittedly I don't have a uh, script schedule. <laughs> but tune in, because I think I've got some ideas for next week. So we'll Yay. see you next week at 10 a.m. And in the meantime, have a lovely weekend, guys. Thanks. Bye, guys. Peace. like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.